Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Um, you ever feel like you had to prove yourself to somebody? Have you ever had to do that? Ever have to prove yourself to anybody? They're kind of on the fence about whether they can trust you or whether your love for them is genuine. And you've got to prove to them before they'll accept it. How about God? Do you think you have to prove yourself to God? What does he want from you? Well, if you did have to prove yourself to God, what would it be? Would it just be a genuine heart? Or do you think you have to do a certain amount of stuff? You know, you've got to be in ministry and everything. You, you understand that that actually turns to a self-righteousness if you think you can earn your way. All he wants is our genuine love. And how is he going to find out whether you have it or not? Maybe this is something you have to prove to him. He knows our hearts. We can't be phony. The wheat and the tare, we can't be the tare. Darnell, whatever you want to call it. It was a lookalike to wheat. Do you have to prove yourself to God? And what do you have to do to do it? We don't like to think about this, but it's very biblical, and it happens all the time. Maybe we do have to prove ourselves this genuine love in your heart. 1 Peter 4.12, I say this all the time. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Oh, we don't like that part. No, we don't. Uh, you know, we get, we get into this thing and we start following Christ for all the blessings and all the favors and everything you want. You want your finances to be blessed, everything be blessed, blessed, blessed. Answer my prayers, hear my prayers. Why aren't you answering my prayers? And you know what? You're not answering them fast enough. You, you guys are demanding. We all are. We want it right now. You want him to prove himself to you. But boy, we don't want to prove ourselves to him. How dare God test me? But don't we do it? How do you know when somebody has genuine love for you? How do you, how do you know? You're just going to ask them and they're going to say, oh yeah, I love you. I used to tell my wife all the time, I love you, baby. Before I really knew who she was, you know. <laughs> Isn't that what we do to God? Yep, God, I love you. I love you. Do you know him? Well, I'm working on it. That's the same scenario I just gave you about my wife. I want to tell you a story about Jacob. Jacob is the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. And Jacob wrestles with God. But why would he have to wrestle God to begin with? God tells Jacob to go back to his country. And, of course, you probably know the story. He deceived his brother out of his blessing. The oldest boy usually got the blessing from the father first. And Jacob, of course, puts on a goat skin because Esau was real hairy. So he puts on this goat skin. His father was blind and goes up to him. And his father touches him and says, Oh, Esau, here's a blessing for you. But it was really Jacob. See? Jacob actually means deceiver. You can imagine how upset Esau was. This happens to us, these family things. 
And Esau was mad, real mad. And Jacob is told by God to go back to his family in his homeland, his country, his nation, his tribe, whatever you want to call it. But what he does is he actually sends messengers ahead and tell him he's coming. And he says, um, here's what to say. Your servant Jacob says, I have been staying in Laban and have remained there till now. I have cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to you, my Lord. He calls his brother his Lord, that I may find favor in your eyes. He's going home, and he's got to meet somebody that is really, really mad at him. And you know, he's got to be scared. He's actually telling him here how well off he is. This is, this is how good I am. Send the messengers ahead and tell them that I got all kinds of stuff. I, I've, I've done good. What he does is he sends them, he sends him gifts. He selected a gift for his brother. 200 female goats and 20 male goats. 200 ewes and 20 rams. 30 female camels with their young. 40 cows, 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. That's a lot. You see what he's trying to do here? Is he kind of buying his way back in? I'm going to give you all this stuff. I know I did you wrong, and I got to come back home. God told me to come back home, and I want to make this right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to flood you with, with gifts and show you how good I am now. This is how much I got, and I'm going to give this to you. Doesn't this kind of sound like the world we live in? Maybe not your world, but some of you. He's going to prove to him how good he is. And he's going to offer him all this stuff. So Jacob's gifts went ahead of him. But he himself spent the night in the camp. Now you've got to understand what a big group he has. And the culture that's going on here. I know I talk about culture all the time. But if you don't understand the culture, you won't understand the story. He would have had servants... And all these people to take care of all these animals. Think about how many people he would have had to run this kind of an operation. And he's only giving a small portion here to his brother. So he's got a lot. And he's got a bunch of people with him. And he sends them out. And what he does is he actually divides them up into two groups. So that if Esau is really, really mad and wipes out one group, he'll still have the other group. Not quite sure, right? He doesn't know how this is going to work out. And I'm not going to send everything to, to my homeland because if he starts killing us and stuff, well, at least I'll have half of what I had. So he divides them up into two groups and he sends them in two different directions. Except he stayed behind. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Man, this man wrestled with him. Now we all have heard about the wrestling of, of Jacob and God, right? I want you to think about who this man is and why he's there and what's going on. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. His hip wrenched as he wrestled the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. Now, most of us think this man is an angel or something, right? The story is that Jacob wrestles God. So this man... Okay, so how can this man be God? Well, maybe an angel 
we know that angels can possess us, actually come into us and take control. Maybe an angel came to this man and, and went in him, and then they went out to Jacob and they wrestled. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you'd say, I'll wrestle you for it? Now, you women, I'm probably not. <laughs> but guys do this, right? If this man was God, and it says he couldn't overpower him, why God could easily just annihilate him anytime he wanted, but he doesn't. Why do you think that is? What do you need to wrestle God about? Jacob's got a pretty good reason. He wants to reconcile with his brother, and he has got to prove to God, I guess, how good he is. This is how bad I want it. I want this so bad that I will wrestle you for it, knowing that God could annihilate him in any minute. So why doesn't God? Why does God hold back? So he touches his hip and dislocates it. What would you do for something bad enough? What, what do you want bad enough that you would wrestle God for it? How bad do you want it? Knowing God could annihilate you anytime he wants. And he makes you work for it. In fact, God says, let go. The man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. If this is God, he could have left anytime he wanted. And Jacob wouldn't let go. He wanted it that bad. Can you imagine wanting something that bad? That you would cry out to God. Say, come to me. I need this. And he says, I'll wrestle you for it. And you won't stop. You will not let go. That's a pretty good sign. That's your faith in action. That's how bad you want it. God could have taken him down any time he wanted. God could have won any time. God knew he could win. And he knew Jacob's heart. But he needed to see just how genuine it was. Does God do that to you? Test? Fiery, it says. Fiery test. You don't want no part of that, right? We, we do this. We get, uh, we get in these, these tests and trials. And we don't want any part of that. God, I'm, I'm just here for the blessing. I, I don't want to go through anything for it. And he makes Jacob work for it. Hard. Harder. Even when God says, okay, it's okay. No, it's not. I'm not letting go. Don't we do this? We let go of God. We, we ask him for something and we think he's giving us a little something. Okay. Is that genuine love? I think the test here really was for Jacob because God knows where your heart's at. So was it a test to actually show Jacob how far he'd come, how, how his faith had grown? What he would do for it, what he would do for God. I don't think the test was for God. God knows everything. So it's got to be for Jacob. And when you go through a test just like this, at the first resistance, do you say, well, that ain't going to happen. I'm out. We'll go with something else. God's not going to bless me on that. I can see it's been too long, and I've prayed too many times for this, and you're out. Jacob could have done that. Let go. No, 
I'm not letting go to you, bless me. He actually says, and he blessed him there, right there. Touched his hip, left a little scar, you see, a little reminder. We have those. I think he wants us to have those, to remind us where we've been and where we're going, how bad we wanted something. God, I need a blessing, and I want it. Will you wrestle me for it? You bet I will. Not just a little bit either. I'm not letting go. I am not letting go. Do you bless me? Bless me. Why? Because I want it. Did God actually see a repentance in Jacob? Do you think that the test was really so he could see whether he was full-on genuine in his faith? Whether he would put some effort into this and take some, take some pain? Fiery trial. It says he limps to this day. So he's got this reminder, right? And, and do you think of him just kind of limping a little bit or you think he's hunched over? We don't know, right? Maybe he's hunched over and you wouldn't want that, would you? No, 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 no. Didn't sign up for that. But Jacob did. And actually, he doesn't complain about it. What will you do for God? For a blessing? For a favor? Just the little things? Will you read this? Doesn't seem too hard, does it? Will you read just a little bit of it? I just read the red. That's the easy part. Right? We want easy. I'm just going to flip through here till I see some red. There's some red. I can understand this. I, I got a Bible here that I can understand, you see. And I'll read the red for a little while. And as I'm reading through here, pretty soon I'm thinking about Hannah's arm wrestling. And pretty soon I'm not even reading anymore. I'm thinking about something else. Didn't put a lot of effort into that one. Jacob did. Jacob put a lot of effort into it. What will you do to get that thing that you want so bad? Of course, it's got to line up with God's will. It's got to be a godly thing. Scripture says all things are possible through God. You, you're reading that wrong and you're abusing the text because it has to be godly. And it's got to be holy and in his will. Not anything. Because a lot of things we ask for aren't all that holy. Will you go through a trial? How about a fiery one? And say, God, I'm with you. I'm sticking right here with you. You do not let go of me. And I'm not going to let go of you until this thing's finished. That's what Jacob did. Actually, at the end... Jacob bows down to his brother, and they embrace and they weep. Esau was forgiving, and all was well. He didn't even really have to bow down to his brother. His brother had forgiven him already. What do you need to fix? Something you need to reconcile? Somebody? You want a blessing so bad? So bad it hurts. And God's going to ask you to wrestle him for it. Would you do it? In the end, Jacob does what he must do. He confronts his failures, his weakness, his sins, all the things that are hurting him now, back in that time. And he faces God. Jacob wrestles with God all night. It was exhausting, and it left him crippled. Would you do that? It was only after he came to grips with God 
and ceased his struggling, realizing that he could not go on without him. God didn't need to prove himself since he knows all. He is proving to us that our faith is real and that we are his children and that no trial will overcome our faith. I think if you think about this story and what happened and who the man was, Jacob actually says, I have seen the face of God. And we know from Scripture that you can't do that and live. It says you cannot see the face of God and live. Even when he goes past Moses, he turns his back to him and it still just burnt him. So who was the man? Angel? Maybe he came into somebody and possessed him and made him do these things and he gave him the power. And... Or you could look at it as a man. That's the way you can see the face of God. You can actually see the face of God by looking at Jesus. He came to earth and he was a man. This was years and years prior to him really coming. But maybe it was Jesus. And it gets me every time. Because I think about reading this story and then what happened on the cross. He wrestled for you. He wouldn't let go. Look what he did for you. I'm going to hang on to you and I'm not letting you go. It's going to take some effort. It's going to hurt. Probably going to kill me. But it's God's will. And I'll do it for you. If you understand the story of Jacob wrestling God, you'll understand what happened on the cross. Same thing, just different people. Jesus took quite a trial for you. And he loved you so much, he's wrestling Satan on the cross. That's how bad he wanted it. Do you want anything that bad? Do you want to reconcile marriages and relationships and, and have your kids blessed? Have your land blessed? Have your community blessed? God is in your battle with you, especially if you hang on to him. This is not some sort of battle that you can actually win. It's a battle that shows how genuine your faith is. He battled for us on the cross. And we should be able to battle with him for the things that we want to. God wants you to have eternal life so bad that he sends a man to this earth and dies on a cross for you. It's no different than Jacob's story wrestling with God. Not at all. And he's still got the scars. That's how genuine his love is for you. He would die for you. While you were still sinners, while you still didn't even know him, when you still wouldn't even speak his name, he said, uh-huh, you're not going anywhere. I got you. I got you. Because this is actually his battle for you. We like easy. We want easy. And that doesn't show God our genuine heart at all. But if there's a fiery trial, and you keep that faith, and you hold on to him, he'll bless you. He will. And some of us, some of us have just started this battle today. Some of us have been battling it for years. Some of us haven't got to the battle yet. They still just want the good stuff. No matter what happens, hold on to me. Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you 
for this grace that we do not deserve. And thank you that your son went through this awesome battle for us. What a tremendous cost it was for us. He loved us that much and still does. He battled on that cross for each and every one of us. And I just want to say thank you. I am undeserving. But from this day forward, I commit my life to serving him as my Lord and Savior. And I will never let him go. It's in Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.